Hey everybody, Melissa McKenzie, publisher of The American Spectator, here on The Spectacle with my co-host and best-selling author, Scott McKay, senior editor of The American Spectator. Welcome, Scott. How is it going? Well, um, I think it's going better in the real world than it is in AI land. Um, Google, as you know, attempted to make public their AI bot or AI chat bot, whatever you want to call it, something called Gemini, which as it turns out is um, woke on a dystopian level that no one could have possibly imagined. Mm -hmm. um, and so people are asking it to produce images of say the founding fathers of America. Mm -hmm. And we're, what they're getting back is Indian chiefs and black guys uh, who apparently are George Washington. And it's like, you know, like, well, I meant George Washington and not George Washington Carver. Um, but, you know, like uh, they don't want to show you white people. They think that apparently uh, showing you white people is offensive. My um, favorite, my favorite, them. my favorite scatter of the Vikings, the black Vikings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I right. you ask for Vikings and you get Zulus, and it's like. Right. But if you go to Zulus and ask for white Zulus, it won't make white Zulus. That would be historically inaccurate. But if you right. ask for uh, Vikings, there'll be black ones because of you know, in the great the great white North is known for all of their black people <laughs> in ships exactly. coming, going and conquering it, it, all over the place. That's, I mean, and it's, you know, and it is, and I knew this was a thing uh, before Gemini came out because, mm -hmm. um, and I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts, like I use AI to, to make images, um, mm -hmm. but at the Hayride and also at Reviver, uh, like, you know, we'll do like a lot of composite images and we'll do some like cartoon stuff. And mm -hmm. so AI is, is useful to generate the kind of imagery that you want. Right. And so Adobe Firefly is the one that I that I do most of my stuff with. Okay. Um, and Adobe Firefly is every bit as bad as Gemini is. The difference, oh, like really? Adobe Firefly just will not create an image. And for a lot of like, if you're asking it to make soldiers with guns, okay, like you don't get soldiers, like it'll tell you, sorry, can't do it. And it, you know, and, um, you know, if you're, if you're like you, if you can, if you ask for anything that might possibly trigger uh, some, you know, left-wing snowflake somewhere, oh, sorry, can't do it. Or what you'll get back is, you know, unresponsive to your request. Right. And so like I'll use Adobe Firefly for background stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if I need, you know, a beach, it'll, it'll, it'll make me a beach or it'll make me, you know, clouds in the sky, or it'll make me, um, you know, an airplane or something like it'll, it'll do kind of nondescript things. But if you're asking it to do anything that would have an editorial flair to it of any kind, mm -hmm. it will screw that up with like famously, either it won't do anything at all or what it will send you back. You know, you're sitting there scratching your head going, how in the hell does that, result from what I just put in the prompt. Right. Um and you know, Gemini is the same thing. Um there are there are some other ones out there that are actually pretty good. 
mm -hmm. uh, that will generate legitimate images that uh, that correspond to what you're asking. But what we're finding out is that Silicon Valley and the people who are in charge of uh, artificial intelligence at the corporate level mm -hmm. are horrible stewards of that technology. Like utterly unqualified, shouldn't be let anywhere near that technology. And what they, you know, everybody has been concerned that AI was this thing that was going to take over the world and it was going to, you know, the power of this thing was, you know, could be super deleterious to society and so on and so forth. What we're finding out this week is that while those concerns may be valid, they're not particularly as immediate as we thought because Google can't take over the information space with Gemini. Gemini is a uh, new Coke with uh, uh, a, a uh, um, in a Betamax box uh, sprinkled with, uh, with dog poop. It's complete garbage. It's of zero use whatsoever. No one will use it. They pulled it off the, uh, you know, pulled it out of public view because it was so bad. And Google's stock took a 6% dump in like two days. Uh, so, you know, now what that tells you is uh, you're going to either have to have legitimately decent AI or you're going to have to hide your woke crap a lot better than this. My guess is it'll be the latter. But the problem with a rollout like this is that people are just not going to trust the technology at all. Well, and can I just say I actually something think that's here? a good thing. Yes, I is was going to say, if there's anything good that's come out of this, it's one, don't trust Google. Two, never trust Google. Absolutely. Under, understand that the underlying algorithms that they're using for the AI are also their underlying algorithms for search. So what you're seeing is not true. Three, any technology is only as moral as the people who create it. So when you see a, a technology, um, you have to wonder who is doing it because the nerd who's putting this together, the, the uh, officer for um, diversity, equity, inclusion, online and safety for all that, they are involved in these algorithms. Well, they're right. immoral, fundamentally immoral ideas and immoral people. And so the technology isn't going to suddenly be better than the creators of it. There's no right. such thing as AI. Artificial right. in intelligence doesn't exist. It's human intelligence manipulated. And what I am concerned about is that, you know, if you are manipulating visually historical figures, they're also manipulating search on actual uh, documented history. And that happened with chat GPT. I demonstrated, I did a quick post over at the American Spectator about some known uh, historical events. And chat GPT came back and completely lied and made stuff up about different elements. And so in the comments section, and I, and I told everybody, I'm not correcting this. I did a big thing at the top. This is not true. And People in the comments said we're finding we're fact checking the chat GPT all the way down. Well, the 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 problem is is that for those of us who are living through this transition from real to digital, 
we know primary sources and we've we've lived some this history right but with the younger generation the tiktok generation who takes everything they see on social media or in ai as god's honest truth they don't have the historical context to put anything in and so they're just going to accept this and history gets erased one of my friends called what happened with gemini um a, a white, a digital white genocide, because the actual prompts negated white people. Period. You could, yeah. you can't in any in any uh, form historical coming up with a doctor. You're not going to get a white doctor. You're not going to get a white mechanic. You're not going to get a white anything. They're just right. gone. Well. That is the that what it did is really revealed the belief system of these elites. Yeah, that white people are inherently bad and deserving to not exist. And so for people saying, oh, the great replacement theory, oh, the whatever, that's racist or whatever. No, no, no. Anytime you people have an opportunity to actually do what you believe, it's erasing white people, whether it be at the border or whether it be in technology and everything in between, whether it be in the corporate world, where if you're a white male, you're not your your uh, resume isn't even considered. If you are looking for promotion and you're white, female or male, you're not even considered. White people are being erased, and and lots of people are saying, well, you know, in you know, white women in particular, well, you know, isn't that any more than what we deserve because of for all of our uh, colonization and taking over the spaces of people who less fortunate than us and blah, blah, blah. So there's plenty of people, just like there were plenty of people who were collaborators with the Nazis, N- you know, name the country. There were always collaborators. Well, there will be collaborators amongst white people or am- amongst Jewish people uh, uh, regarding Israel who say, you know, of course they should be gotten rid of well they're insane yeah. it's racist and it, it, and it's ahistorical and frankly it's maoist just destroying well, and, history and, and you know we talked about that in in the uh the the previous segment where we were talking about the right. racism revenge and ruin and and the fact that the obamianists and you know and all of, like the google people are the most obamianist people you can find Okay, I mean, the 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 um, leadership at Google were exclusively Obama Democrats, right? Um, and uh, I can't remember. These guys are Scott. Like they gave like over ninety percent of political donations went go to Democrats at at, at X before Elon. It was ninety seven percent or ninety nine percent. I mean. So yeah. like if you think that, you know, it's not just a little bit of bias amongst these engineers at all these tech no, no, companies. No. It's like, no, no, no. They, yeah, it's these like, are, these the, are you know, college professors, are, you know, level okay. of bias. Yeah, no, these are these are people who are, I mean, you know, talk about, totally drank the Kool-Aid on hardcore leftism. OK, right. Um you know, like I like I go back to I remember back in the summer of 2008. And Obama had this rally in Portland, which, you know, obviously 
big, you know, kind of Silicon Valley-ish tech town with, you know, you had all these software people in, in Portland. And he had it at a stadium and there was something like 65,000 people that showed up. And mm -hmm. the Decemberists, you remember them? The communist uh, alternative um, rock band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Open for Obama. And it was this big sort of left-wing orgy. And it was all the tech people. And it was like, okay, this is, this is you know, like there are going to be implications and consequences coming out of these guys getting this guy elected. And, you know, and you've seen it, right? I mean, every time they advance one of these things, whether, you know, like, it was Google with search and all the conservative websites mm -hmm. get pushed way, way down on down, Google right. search. Yeah. Right. And then, and then, you know, you get the AI stuff and all the rest of these different things. And it's, you know, like what the digital ad networks have done to independent media, because they know most of it's conservative and what the big tech, uh, you know, the Facebooks and pre Elon Twitter, right. You know, where, where it was, you know, you're going to get fact checked if you express any kind of, counter uh, uh mm -hmm. counter opinion to whatever the ruling class wants all of these things okay come straight out of the chinese cultural revolution in the 60s mm -hmm. all right and you know again i mean like i'm a broken record because i do these these shows promoting the book all the time but all of this stuff matters which is why i wrote the book like right, right out of the gate when obama wins the election when the first like controversies that came out of the Obama administration was Anita Dunn, who shows up giving a speech to like these new hires or whatever in the Obama administration. And she's like, we all know, like Chairman Mao said, that power comes from the barrel of a gun. And everybody in the country is like, what? Wait a minute. Aren't you like a high official in the Obama in the White House? And mm -hmm. you're talking about Chairman Mao? What right. the hell? Mm -hmm. Turns out Anita Dunn is a full-on Ma Maoist. And oh, by the way, to this day, she is still probably the most important message maker the Democrats have. Yep. Her PR firm does work for all of these big tech companies, by the way. Right. So it's a perfect, like, this is who they are. And they're like, they're in control of that sector of the economy that we are allowing to dominate everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been saying this for years. Congress has got to step in and start doing antitrust work on these massive conglomerates, the Googles and the Metas and all of these people who are hardcore radical in the implementation of their business model, okay, right. and are anti-competitive, okay? I mean, Facebook has bought up, I can't even tell you how many apps that were in a position to compete in the marketplace as an independent company against Facebook. They went and bought them up. In a lot of cases, right. they bought them up before they even got to the market. Like they were still in beta mode and Facebook came along. All right. And I don't know, maybe I'm too old, but I remember when the federal government would see patterns of behavior like that and immediately come in with antitrust cases and either break these companies up or stop them from merging with other companies so that you wouldn't have these massive corporate entities that control entire sectors of the economy. Yeah, but that's not so going to happen. Along, all of that reversed itself. And now we have a right. corporate oligopoly in charge of our economy. Right. And so these people can get away with this AI crap that they're doing. Well, and if, I think it needs to be brought down to the practical level for those of you guys who are listening. 
you know, Scott and I have been booted off of YouTube for three months again, suspended again. We were suspended over the summer and we're talking mainline conservative stuff. That's what our podcast is. We're not radical. We're not uh, some, you know, fringe group. No, we are mainline conservatism and we cannot have a, a podcast on YouTube. We are downranked by Google. We're not even in Google News. We're on, literally, they have a test, of, a, a list of, we found this out, was a, a data dump. Uh, came, this was Daler Collar Foundation some years back, that we're on the top 10 list of the most dangerous websites in the world that Google does not want to have um, to, to, so like our, and you can use the exact search with the exact words for an article at our website and not get a hit from our website. This is right. something that drives one of our editors, Seth Foreman, absolutely bonkers. And and because we are downranked because of who we are. We are on the list, you know, that the government collusion with um, that nonprofit that supposedly comes up with dangerous content and it's all being fed by the uh federal government the nsa and all of this stuff uh is working with this this supposedly non-government organization because they can't tell tech companies who to censor but this organization puts us on this list and it's in england and we're on the top 10 of that list so like if you're even listening to this podcast or watching us it's a miracle because you had to actively find us. Well, this is the case for a lot other conservative groups. And so because of that situation, you know, Rumble is coming up with new technology. We're creating, you know, Trump created True Social, all of these various types of um, alternate networks are being created because the main ones are so biased. And it makes me yeah. wonder about like an actual fair AI that is pulling all data and and verifying um, what is true based on um, actual historical fact. Gemini is not doing that. Google is not doing that. Everything you see is distorted. I remember in the 2016 election, there was a study done, Peter Schweitzer, who also has a book coming out and who will be interviewing in, um, Paul Kanger will be interviewing at our education summit this coming weekend. Um, five million uh, votes, they think were swung by Google search alone, just analyzing Google search. And that was the Hillary Clinton, uh, Trump, campaign because you couldn't find anything there were no good search results for trump and they were right. all positive search re re results for hillary and we see this right now with biden now the problem right now just like it was the problem with hillary is we were we're trying we're being told not to believe our lying eyes you know like that that biden actually has this crap together that the economy is actually awesome just ask paul krugman and all of this type of thing, just ask Google. Google will tell you, you know, you're imagining the the tiny little bag of salad that you're paying $7 for that used to be, a, you know, a buck 50. You're imagining that. 
No, you're you're wrong, average you know American consumer. Everything's great. Why can't you get with the program? Well, Google is reinforcing that, and it cost five million votes from Trump in the 2016 election. He still won. What is it doing now? And what's happening on TikTok? And then you have foreign actors like Putin, like China, like uh, other places who are manipulating and uh, these algorithms too. And who do you think they're going to want more as president? And don't tell me Donald Trump, because it has been a gravy train for the communists during Biden's administration. And so uh, what we're seeing is you know, terrible manipulation, and it comes filters all the way down to little people like us. And I and the thing that concerns me even still is there are still algorithms being used on X to suppress. I don't even think Elon knows the extent to which his own organization, the coders, have suppressed certain voices, um, and that's been going on for years. And so like maybe the big guys like Ben Shapiro and Tucker have relationships. And so the higher ups within X know that they can't, you know, suppress them. But I can tell you from all my years on social media that my account is definitely 100% suppressed. There was a couple of weeks when all of the breaks were taken off and my engagement went up like it had been 10 years ago. And then it all went and back down. And so, you know, um, systemically it distorts your view if on facebook you're only seeing like i figured this out during the beto versus cruz thing all i would all that facebook would show me was beto o'rourke it knows that i'm conservative it knows you know the type the, the way i vote of course they know that and they're only feeding me negative stories, if any, on cruise at all but what they're showing me tons of is all my friends are voting for beto so and they know the psychological bandwagon effect, which everybody wants to be part of the group. Nobody wants to be the odd man out. And so if you look up every single thing on Google or if you're on your social media platforms and every one of your friends is voting a certain way and sees the world a certain way, because that's all you're being shown. It's not true, but it's all you're yeah. being shown. You're going to believe it's reality. Gemini blew that kind of out of the water because it's so obviously um, biased that even the moderates who say, oh, that's not really happening. You're just, that's a conspiracy theory. Even they have to go, well, that is not great. You know, that makes me feel a little ick. I mean, I don't like these people either. I'm kind of ambivalent about white people, uh, even though I am white and, you know, they have a, but the, even that bothers me just a little bit you know, the never Trumpers of the world who are just, you know, so squishy inside, so, such feeling people, you know, the people who are like, in, um, was it that uh, uh, Bush said, um, compassionate conservatives. Mm. Yeah, even they are, you know, might have a problem with it, but not too big of a one because they hate Trump more than their love of freedom and love of truth. Um, but even still, that's bothering people. And you know, libs are kind of like, even too, like, okay, this might be going a little bit far. But what you said, Scott, is true. It's not going to change things. They'll, what they'll do is they'll fire the CEO because he's on his way out. Apparently, these last two days have been a disaster for him. So he might get fired. 
But what they'll do is they'll just become more subtle about it. They'll realize yep. that they're going to have to um, change things so they're not caught. These people don't stop. Maoists don't stop. They continue the long march through the institutions, including the technological institutions. They just might have to slow their roll a bit and make it more subtle. So it's not so obvious because this was offensive to just about everybody. So. Yeah. That's it. And, and you know, the answer is decentralization. That's the answer. Do not give these people the kind of power that they have. Let the market kill them. Right. Um, right. You know, and, and I, I've said this, you know, growing up uh, as a, you know, Reaganite conservative or whatever, you were always a little embarrassed about Teddy Roosevelt, right? right. With, you know, the that kind of true. trust busting. And right. Like, I mean, kind of great president, but I don't quite know that he's, you know, one of the people we want to put in the pantheon because that was an awful lot of government involvement in the economy. Right. Um, we like Calvin know, but, Coolidge, right? It's Calvin Coolidge. Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. the guy that we're kind of like, ew, P.U. stinky. Right. Yeah, cool. And, and look, you should, I mean, if you want small government, Calvin Coolidge is still your guy. However, right. we are finding out why mm -hmm. Teddy Roosevelt is worthy of the pantheon. We're finding this out because at the time Ro you know, Roosevelt was president, you had massively wealthy robber baron type people cornering markets. And it wasn't right. the information age back then, right? This was all about corner cornering the market on copper, right? right. Or, right. or whatever. Right. 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 And amassing the amount of economic heft and power that would warp an economy. And so at the time, yeah, mm -hmm. they needed to break up Standard Oil because it was like the only oil company in America, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you needed to break up. Like, a Carnegie Steel. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so as a free market conservative, you go, I don't know if I want the government to be that big. Now, you know, with the tech space particularly, and a lot of these other media space too, I would say, you know, you look at that and you go, well, a good Teddy Roosevelt who comes along and does a whole bunch of trust busting, right? exactly what the doctor will okay? Mm -hmm. Like, if we were to break up these massive, first of all, when you break up a big company like Google, okay? the stockholders get so well, it's not even funny. Because instead of one company, you now own 12, right? okay? And even if four of them go out of business, the other eight are gonna make you a fortune, all right? So, and that like every time one of these companies is broken up, the stockholders really make out well. So you're not damaging the economy. But what you're doing is you're creating competition that there wasn't, uh, that wasn't there previously. Mm -hmm. And what this, how this matters is, um, let's say you break up Google and instead of one search engine that dominates everything, there's five. Those five search engines are now going to compete against each other for market share, which means that they're going to do different things, right? Like one of them, the search engine is going to focus on particular topics that it's really good at. Another one is going to make sure that, you know, whatever different perspectives are uh, are respected within the search results that it gives on whatever topic. Another one's going to look totally different. Like they're going to come up with different ways to serve the market instead of one 
search engine that dominates everything. And even though the little hangers on left in that market all are trying to act like that one search engine, like you would have such a greater amount of diversity. But the other thing is this, those companies will all need to hire middle and upper management. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they're going to be competing for employees who are good at their jobs. You know what goes away when you start diversifying the economy through breaking these big companies up? Woke corporations go away because you need top people and top people are not going to sit through that freaking HR symbol telling them how bad they are because they're white, right? They're not going to put up with, or, you know, how, how they're straight, right? right. They're not going to tolerate that crap. They're going to say, I got six different job offers. I don't need right. to put up with this HR symbol. Take your job and shove it. I'm going to go work over here. And like the, the consolidation of this thing makes all of these economic sectors into hierarchical pyramidal organizations where you have to tolerate the HR And then you have to operate based on what they said at the seminar. And so all of a sudden, this entire organization gets corrupted. And it's a woke zombie corporation that deserves to be put out of business, but can't be because there's nobody else allowed in that space. So I like to me, and I don't know if we make this a big presidential issue or if it's a congressional issue or what it is, but if the Republican party would rediscover Teddy Roosevelt and say all of this crap, the freaking, the stupid AI and all of the, you know, all of the stuff that you see, woke corporate, we're going to get rid of woke corporations by breaking everything up and letting people compete in this economy, I get you would get Bernie Sanders people voting Republican because they hate big mega corporations for different reasons than a lot of Republicans do. But they hate them and they're looking for somebody who is willing to do that and open the economy up and give people a chance. I like I think this is I think Gemini is a perfect entree into that space for the Republican Party if it was smart enough to take advantage. That's a big if there, Bob. I you know the I'm thing... not saying they are. I'm no. saying yeah. they should take that advice and run. Well, I'm just gonna assume that the powers that be are ignoring uh Scott McKay and Melissa McKenzie's deep insights because so far they have been but they have a pristine record of that. So they have a pristine record of that so far. I will say this about the robber barons of, you know, the Teddy Roosevelt's time. They were at least motivated by some noblesse oblige. And they were also Americans, you know, through right. and through. These new yeah. um, corporate overlords, tech overlords are not. They view themselves as citizens of the world because the world is so integrated and because the nature of technology is international. And so they don't necessarily value American values and they don't have the same sort of responsibility to the citizens of America, even though America has given them the freedom to do all of this technology. And so we're in a really gross place, a, a yeah. soulless place where we have these, um, people with outsized influence who don't even love their own country and um, don't even view America as their own country. And so, um, you know, yeah, I, I don't no, no, know. You're, exa you're exactly right. I mean, if John D. Rockefeller was in your town, okay, right. 
you are going to have a fabulous theater right. to watch a play in. You're right. going to have museums that were yeah. off the charts great. You were going to have a zoo that was first class. You're going to now all of those right. things. You're expecting that the city will go and build them, right? Because the big freaking robber baron guy who may or may not live in town, okay, can't be bothered to do anything for the community. Instead, yeah. he plows four hundred million dollars into fixing an election. Well, right? like no, that's, or, his, you know, that's he, his community engagement. He plows um, four hundred million into building a uh, a nuclear bunker on Hawaii or somewhere, and buys up farmland in America because the things he's participating in, he's pretty sure are going to uh, completely destroy, destroy the world economy, and he at least right. wants to eat and live somewhere safe. So right. that's who yeah, our robber barons are now. That's right. And so I like I, I think your point is exceptionally well taken that the people that we have now allowed to have the kind of economic, political, cultural power that the Carnegie's and the Baruch's and the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilt's had back in the day are much worse people, right. like much worse people. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, they were they were kind of cartoonized as as villains, okay. Right. And these guys are villains. Like they're mm -hmm. so like Bill. There is nothing redeeming about Bill Gates no. other than his money, right? And he that's not and the way he uses guy. it. He's a psychopath. Yeah. He's a psychopath. Yeah, he is. I a mean, this bad is somebody guy. that wants to. This is somebody that wants to literally create a nuclear winter in the sky and keep the sun's rays out because he thinks it's going to cool the planet. And in right. fact, what it will do is cause a cause a massive famine that will kill billions of people. And right. oh, by the way, he doesn't think that's a bad thing because he's right. a Malthusian. Okay, right. um, someone like that does not have to have, does not need to have power over a society. And right. you know, we we mean it's to a certain extent worshiping the dollar is. A positive thing it's a productive thing okay you want you want to do things that create value so you can get paid like that there's a lot of positive motivation but when you start idolizing the people who have beaten the game okay um who are already probably egomaniacal over the game all right you start you start sanctioning and encouraging the kind of behavior that can lead to abject ruin and I think you're seeing this with Google. You're seeing this with some of these other big tech entities, and and you know, and and a lot of the big corporate players to begin with, who have manipulated. That. I mean, look at the car industry, who has frozen out all of the competition they could, and I don't know what's left of that industry now. They're completely ruined. Um, they're trying to make EVs. Nobody wants to buy them, and I mean, the losses are mounting left and right. You know, but like this is this is how it always is. And we're seeing almost a Shakespearean type of thing going on, um, you know, with this. And and I think to an extent, the public uh, reaction to Gemini is holds the possibility of healing and maybe reform Delaware. All right. On that positive note, once again, Scott McKay coming through with the optimistic outlook. Uh, thank I you all. That. Yeah. Thank you all for uh, listening and watching. Uh, I would appreciate more feedback from you guys. You can reach me at mckenziem at spectator.org. 
Um, just for those of you who are watching right now and are subscribers to the American Spectator, thank you very much for being a subscriber. Um, we are going to have some tech changes coming up at the site. So um, uh, the subscriber experience should get much better here soon. Um, just be prepared for some of those changes because they're coming. Uh, also, this coming weekend, Scott and I will be in sunny Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, we will be having a book party for RM at Terrell Jr. on Sunday of that weekend. And on Saturday, we have an education symposium where we have guest Carol Markowitz, who is from Florida, originally from New York. And she'll, she's got a book that we'll be discussing. And Peter Schweitzer has a new book out about the corruption of the ruling class. Um, and he'll be talking about that some and also about ed corruption in the higher ed. And then we will have a special guest. So I hope that you come and watch uh, to see our special guest on Saturday. And so it'll be about three hours of interesting talks that will be live streamed that you can participate in. So like unlike the podcast where you're sitting here listening, that you can come and um, if you're a subscriber, uh, sign up. Go, you can go to the site. There's a pop-up on, on spectator.org right now where you click on it and then you just sign up and then you can give us feedback. And we'll be over there um, talking about some important issues this coming weekend. So we hope that you'll join us there. And so Scott, thank you so much for being a senior editor of the American Spectator. Congratulations on the success of your book. Go out and buy it, everybody. Uh, race, racism, Revenge, and Ruin. And um, like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and family. We would really, really appreciate it. So thank you all for listening and we hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. Mm -hmm.